And we're talking about the subject of worship. We, we started this subject a couple weeks ago. Uh, our guiding scripture mm-hmm. is John 4.23. If you brought your Bible with you. Let's find it. Open it up in your Bible, even though um, I do believe we have it up on the screen. Oh, Don't boy. let Come yourself on. get lazy. Yeah, don't get lazy is right. Look it up in your own Bible. This is the word of life. The Holy Spirit will have a much easier time bringing it to your remembrance, and you'll have a much easier time opening it up and knowing where things are in the Amen. Bible. Amen. But John 4, 23 and 24 says this, Yet the hour is coming, this is Jesus speaking, and now, is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. So let's just bow our heads and pray for a moment. Ask the Father's help. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we're asking you to help us to understand what it means to be a true worshiper, because you are seeking the hearts of people. You're seeking people to worship you like this. And so thank you for making a way through Jesus. Yes, yes. That we can come into your presence. Our desire, Father God, this morning is just open up our heart to really know you and to follow you. We do want to be worshipers of you. That's right. To follow you with our whole life, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so help us this morning to hear your voice and to do your will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nice. So we've been talking these last uh, few weeks, as we said, about why worship matters and uh, the heart of a worshiper. It's Christmas, and it's just like uh, Amanda was saying during the announcements, that there are so many things that are going on during the Christmas season. We, we buy our trees, we decorate. Some of you make cookies. How many of you have been making cookies? Who's Eating making cookies? cookies? Nobody! Whoa. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> All right, Penny, I'm coming over. (laughs) Got them in the freezer already, yeah. You know, we're buying presents. Someone put a pretty sign up on our street that said, written real nice, you know, keep Christ in Christmas. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that you have to put a sign up to remember that. But we do have to remember that this is the whole reason Mm -hmm. for the season. And it's a time to worship and celebrate what the birth of Christ really means to us and what it has meant to the world. And Amen. just like Amanda yes. said, I, I nudged him. I said, she's, she's preaching the front end of my, our sermon here. <laughs> that Jesus really is the greatest gift Amen. the world has ever been given. Yes. The greatest gift the world has ever been given. The, why? The free, the free gift of eternal life mm. to be with him. Yeah, it keeps on giving <laughs> eternally. That's right. Amen. <laughs> eternally. That's good. And of course, kids love Christmas, you know, decorating the tree. I I was visiting my grandchildren in end of October and they were already taking the ads that came through the mail of Target and getting their magic markers out and circling. And I want this and I want this. I mean, one one gal has, Adriel, she just has almost had everything circled, you know. (laughs) Asher was a little bit more particular. He's like, no, I don't want that, but I want this. (laughs) And then, so kids are, you know, of course, making their list, as they say, checking it twice and talking yeah, to Santa, yeah. and, and all that's fun, and that's fun to do, and have memories like that of the holidays, but we want to be sure we're spending enough time Come on. thinking about 
the real reason for Christmas and unfolding the story of what the birth of Christ really means, especially to our children. Come on. Because no matter what they get for Christmas, this is like just what Miss Amanda was saying, no matter how many presents are under the tree and how big they are and how wonderful they are and how much money they cost, you know, our kids have to understand what, what we're meaning when we say the best gift mm-hmm. that God ever gave to you and to the world was to give us Jesus. Amen. And so I think about that scripture from Isaiah 9. It's not on PowerPoint, but we sang it, a bit of it. For unto us a child is born, you know, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he's, gonna be, he's called Wonderful Counselor. Hallelujah. Mighty God, yeah. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Worship. And surely, Scripture says, none who ever put their trust in him will ever be, never be ashamed or disappointed, right? That's right. And so as the world just gets crazier and darker and just keeps throwing out more and more confusion, have you noticed? Yeah, yeah. Like your child's greatest need, your grandchild's greatest need is to have this firm anchor in their heart of where they look to to find who they really are yes. and their identity. And really the greatest gift a parent could give their child that'll go on giving forever and ever is to explain who Jesus is to them, to pray for them. Pray that they would have a love for God, yes. a love for his word, that the word of God to them would be like a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Sweet. You have to pray these things for your children. Right, they don't just happen. That they would have spiritual discernment because let's take a look at the days ahead. Your children, our grandchildren, are going to need the help of the Holy Spirit and discernment to make it through the fog and the lies that the world is just churning out. Because the work of the enemy is very much out there, too, to draw their hearts into the world and to find their identity and who the world says that they are. And so you have to make intentional effort in your family to openly worship Keep Christ in the center of your home. Yes. Why, why we celebrate this holiday. And there are really a lot of ideas online that you can get. How to do devotionals with your kids. Things that you can do with them. Pray with them. Your children need to see and know that Jesus is real to you. Yes. Yes. We live, you know, as we live out these truths in front of our kids and, and you pray with them. Sing a song of worship with them. Yes. Openly express in the home who Jesus is to you. Because when they see that he's real and genuine to you, the, the, the anointing that is on that, when you worship God freely yes. in your home, you pray openly, mm-hmm. inviting the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes, and, and they begin to feel the tangible presence of God. That's it begins right. to rub off on them. That's right. It begins to go into their own heart. So we need to get more comfortable. Our message title today is Expressing Our Worship. We do need to get more comfortable with openly expressing our worship Come on. to God. Faith, our faith in God, our love for God. That's right. At home and in the church and in public. Because once you start doing it, let's say here at church, you see people worshiping God expressively. It gets a little bit more easier, you know, easier at home to do it with your spouse or whoever, yep. you know, you're people in the home. And then the more you do it at home, when you come into the church, it's a little bit easier to join in and worship openly together. And in doing that, we are inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit yes. into our midst to do what he wants to do. You know, I, I, 
just share a little bit more here. I grew Go for up, it, grew up Catholic. The Catholic <laughs> church experience was pretty much overall very quiet and reserved. How many of you know, it was very quiet and reserved in the Catholic church. Except for like the loud organ that would begin at the, at the front end. <laughs> and everybody stand and, and sing. Uh, and maybe you did that at the end. Or a few responsive readings, you know, where people would say something during the mass. Everything was quiet. Nobody dared say a word. I mean, I could just remember if you coughed or you sneezed. Achoo! It's like everybody would just turn and look. Who did that? <laughs> it's like, look straight ahead. Don't, don't say anything. Don't do Anybody anything. been in a church like that? <laughs> I remember getting scolded by the priest. I, I sat in the, I used to, as a kid, you know, I, I liked to sit in the front row. It's like I could see everything. The statues are all there. And, and I, I yeah, you know, <laughs> that pew in the back actually came from the church that I grew up in, which is pretty awesome. Um, to have that back there. And that's actually the pew I think I got scolded in probably. <laughs> because all I did, I had this, they had these bulletins in the day. You know, they were not the 12-inch the size. They were like the legal size pieces of paper folded. And, and so I was sitting there. I just remember like folding it up as the, as the priest got up in that high lectern. And he, and he just said, quit, quit folding that bulletin. You can read that thing at home. And I thought, oh my. I guess rustling the papers of the bulletin was just too much noise in the church. That's why we got that pew, because our reminder. Yeah. <laughs> but they said they were going to tear that church down. It's yeah. in Lindora. And I, I, if, I was privileged, I felt, to go in and be able to actually take that pew. It's like, that's the one I want. And so God had a purpose in Amen. all Amen. Yeah. And those pews had, uh, have, and that one on the back of it has a padded kneeler. And there was something about kneeling in church, mm-hmm. the quietness of it. I understand, you know, was an expression of the reverence and respect that you had for God when you came in. It's like you're walking into a holy place. Yeah. And often it felt like that. It was like, oh, there's a holy hush in here. And you'd kneel down. You had to kneel down before you got into your pew. And I thought, and then you'd kneel during the mass. And I just remember after we... Growing up and leaving the church and now thinking back on everything, I thought that was actually very good training of the soul yes. to say, kneel down, kneel down. You're coming into the presence of God, like kneel down. Yes. And I thought, how little we do that these days, mm-hmm. you know, but it was good training in humility Yes. to tell yourself you are in the presence of the Lord, and really, truly, because we bring his presence. He's here today. Yes. It's the same as today. He's in this room. Yes, if, he he li- if he lives in you, you brought, yes, the body of Christ, you brought the presence of God in this room. And so there's a need, even as we gather for worship, to have a sense of reverence and awe and yes. worship because he's here. Yes, there's no doubt. You know, saints of old didn't have any padding on their knees. <laughs> Under them, yeah, they were on. <laughs> you know, really, James, church history says that uh, James... James is the one who wrote the book of James. He's Jesus's half-brother, and he grew up with Jesus. So they called him, affectionately called him Camel Knees because he would spend long periods of time kneeling and praying, and they said his knees ended up looking like camel's knees. So they called him Old Camel Knees. 
So <laughs> what a great reputation, though. Huh? Yeah. 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 We need to get ours a little callous, don't we? Yeah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> but the teaching of praying and worshiping on our knees is mentioned frequently in Scripture. And it's in Psalm, I want to take a look at this one, Psalm 95, verse 6. It would be good to open your Bibles, even though this is up here. It's just, once again, training, training, training in the, in the incarnate Word of God is here. Jesus, the power of the kingdom is here right now. And while I'm praying, Lord, I'm asking you to open their eyes. And we see who really is here. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to look at verse 6. It says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Pastor Mamie mentioned it, but kneeling, it's expressing humility, isn't it? It really is. And getting down on our knees is actually, with your body language, you really are honoring Jesus Christ when you do that. It's a sign of submission, and we are to submit to Jesus Christ, aren't we? And we are to put his word first place on everything. And even when you bow down, that's, you know, I, it's admiration, it, it's humility, it shows submission because you are bowing down to one who is greater than yourself. Yeah. You know, I'd like you to turn to John fourteen fifteen. Go ahead and turn to John fourteen fifteen. John fourteen fifteen. Uh, we see so much pride now, uh, self exaltation in our in our culture. Uh, so kneeling down, bowing down in prayer, in worship to Jesus, it's actually become really foreign even to Christians, to Christ's followers. Uh, we have to be careful not to, you know, did you find that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful not to let the attitudes of the world capture your thinking. John 14, verse 15. That's where my Bible falls apart. And it says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He says, I call you friends if you keep my commandments. Friends. He calls us friends. And a lot of times what we do, we get into that idea of he's, we even sing a song, I'm a friend of God. And what happens then, we get this kind of, laxed idea and we presume the friendship is like human friendship which it is not because he is your maker you are actually alive because he willed you to be alive and when we get that and we truly understand that we embrace that fact we're going to bow down we're going to humble ourselves we're going to submit to him we're going to admire him and glorify him Jesus said, you are my friends if, if you do what I command. And once again, look, you don't bow down to your friend, do you? No. And once again, it's, it's, we, cannot, we cannot correlate our friendship 
okay, that's the kind of friendship I have. Yes, intimate, but he is your maker. Yes. He yeah. is the God of all creation. Yeah. So our submission to him, our friendship to him, is our willingness to submit to his word and follow what he is doing. And the day is coming, folks, where every knee is going to bow to him. Yeah. Every name, everybody, in heaven, yes. in earth, and under the earth. Yeah. They're going to bow their knee to him. Yeah. Open up to Isaiah 45, verse 22. We're going to take a look at a few scriptures that tell us that. Over and over in scripture. Yeah, come on now. The declaration is made that the day is coming when every knee will bow to his lordship and submission and to his honor. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 45, verse 22. That's a good one. This is, this is an awesome verse. It says, look to me and be saved. Yes. <laughs> All the ends of the earth, look to me and be saved, for I am God and there is no other. I've sworn by myself. The word has gone out of my mouth there in righteousness go. and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Hallelujah. To the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, let's turn to Philippians real quick. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. If you can't get there fast enough, listen, write it down and then look at it and meditate over these things. Philippians is in the New Testament. Right. Philippians. Chapter 2, verse 9. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul writes to the church at Philippi. And that's why it's called Philippians. It says, therefore, verse 9, did you find it? Okay, therefore God exalted him, Jesus, yes. to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name. Yeah. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. To the glory of God the Father. Yes. And oh, that's going to be so hallelujah. good. And then one more. One more, just in case you're yeah. not sure about it. <laughs> Romans chapter 14, verse 11. Love it. And 12. Yes. Romans, in the New Testament, again, chapter 14, verse 11. That's good. We need to know our way around the Bible. Come on now. Amen. We're disciples, aren't we? Yes. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, Wow! how many knees will bow? Every <laughs> knee shall bow to Woo! me. How many tongues shall confess? Every yes! tongue yes! shall confess to God. <laughs> Verse 12, so then each of us will give an account oh, there we are. Okay. of himself to God. That could be frightful. Yeah. <laughs> there was this picture. I put this as the picture. This came from the Butler Eagle, 1993. 1993. Someone, someone put a whole page ad in the newspaper that said that. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess Jesus is Lord. Bow now or bow later, but bow you will. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. Somebody <laughs> paid for by, by a group called At the Cross. And I thought that was awesome. We've, I've, we've, I kept it rolled up in a, in a drawer and I've remembered it as we were putting yeah. this message together. Bow now or bow later, but bow you will. Come on. <laughs> yes. So it, should, it would be wise for us, would it not, 
to ponder yeah, yeah. in our heart. Consider these truths now before it's too late. Come on. Because now we have the opportunity to willingly bow in humility and worship. Yes. To the Son of God. Yes. Again, I think the gover- it says the government on that, that scripture, unto us a child is born, son is given. The government will rest upon his shoulders. Yes. And of his government, well, there will be no end. He will govern the earth. He's coming back. To yes, set he up is. Hallelujah. Kingdom. Yes. And he will govern and put down all unrighteousness. And for that reason, Worship. every knee will bow. Worship yeah. you, Lord. Even the rebel's knee will have to bow Come to on his now. lordship. Yes, but the tragedy of bowing, <laughs> the bowing of the knee by the rebels at that point uh, won't change their destiny. It won't change their eternal destiny, and that's what's so tragic about it. Rebels will know at that time that they believed a lie. They perpetuated a lie, and they, they'll know for sure that I resisted the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's a tragedy because at that point, nothing gets changed. It's too late. Now, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is the day. All through this book, we're warned about our sin and dying with the sin. That's going to put us in, put people in eternal death, suffering, torment. The Bible declares that the smoke of their torment will rise forever. It's not just a quick done you just denied the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what happens in those days, which will happen again, all opposition will be removed. And this is what makes the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the incredible gift. Because we were all rebels at one point. Yes. I mean, real rebels. Yeah. We rebel against the Holy Spirit now and then, but we shouldn't. We are able to have our sins completely forgiven. Like Pastor Mamie said, he took our sin. And he gave us his right standing with God the Father. That's why we will worship him. Yeah. Worship him. We need to completely surrender to him. Completely. You know, we've got to ask ourselves. We've got to be honest. Is my worship to God genuine? The question would be, do I, real, do I honestly bow in obedience to his word? You might sometimes see uh, somebody bowing down here in, in Sunday service. And it certainly happens in our prayer, prayer times. And I, again, I want to invite you to prayer. If you don't know how to pray, come, you'll learn. You come and experience the presence of God. And prayer, of course, is a form of worship. Yes. Now, I remember when we first came into a church with more expressive worship. It was all new and different. I thought, whoa, <laughs> these people really show and express their heart towards God. I mean, their hands were lifted in yeah. praise, and some of them, you know, were, would clap, and you'd even hear like a shout at the end. It wasn't part of... The words of the song, it was after the song was over. It's like, yes, hallelujah. It was like, Come oh, on. my gosh. Whoa, this is different. You can, some of you can relate. Some of you came into this church this morning and maybe thought that, whoa, these people, their worship is so expressive. 
But there was something about it, even though it was different and unfamiliar, coming, growing up Catholic and, and then Lutheran. Lutheran. Yeah. You know, I thought, I like this. These people really seem to love God. Yeah. I, I like, I, there's uh-huh. something I, that was drawn to in it. It felt good and right to see yes. people openly, like we're talking about God, like, yes, we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. He's God. He's God. <laughs> you know, and so in, a, in that atmosphere, we both were feeling like we could feel. Mm-hmm. You're like, didn't Perfect. you feel yes. that? What we didn't know that? how to even put it into words, but yeah. it was the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, and I, we wanted is, more. And, I, and you draw upon that. When people in this room are genuinely worshiping God, lifting their hands, speaking to him in just a genuine way, you're drawing upon that anointing that comes through worship because he inhabits the praises of his people. Come on. And so we want to be expressive for that reason. If he comes and inhabits our praises, well, then let's open our mouth and express (laughs) our worship, right? Yes. And so we... Besides for that, we discovered as we got into the Word of God that expressive worship is absolutely scriptural. Right. Like Psalm 32, 11. There's so many verses in Scripture yes. that talk about the ex- expressing your worship. But look at Psalm 32, 11. I'd just like to hear some pages turn yes. and find it in your Bible. And we're going to stay it's, in it's the up book on of the Psalms screen. for a bit. It says, be glad in the Lord. Yes. And what? Rejoice, Rejoice. (laughs) you righteous one. And what? Shout. Shout. Not whisper for joy. Shout for joy. That's right. All you who are upright in heart. Glory to God. I I thought it's okay to shout in church unto God. (laughs) It's like, that's right. Come on. And the U version, if you have that app on your phone, I thought it was kind of funny this Today, morning it came morning, up yep. it was psalm 47 <laughs> verse 1 it said oh clap your hands all you yeah, people shout to god glory to with god. a voice of Woo. triumph and Come. songs of joy <laughs> i think that's expressive i think it's awesome i think that shows some uh, obvious love towards god psalm 134 2 says this we have it up on the screen what does it say read it with me lift, lift up, up your, your hands, hands where in the, in the sanctuary. sanctuary. Come on. And do what? Bless, the, bless Lord. the Lord. So when you're lifting up your hands in the sanctuary, you're telling God, I bless you. Yes. It's a form of worship. Yes, indeed. Expressive worship may feel uncomfortable at first, but it's scriptural. Yes. You have to remind yourself, no, I am actually supposed to be expressive. It's unscriptural to just stand there and have no response to God. That's right. When genuinely, if you start to yield, your heart will yes. give over. It's, I don't know why. We just have this fear. We, we, we're embarrassed. We're wondering what people think about us. Oh. Get, get your eyes off of people and put it on him. Actually, Close get your, your eyes, eyes off of you. Yeah, and off <laughs> yourself even. How do I feel? How do I look? It's like just close your eyes and think about what Jesus has done for you and lift your hands and begin to just say, thank you, Lord. You'll be surprised at the barriers. There are spiritual barriers you have to break through in doing that. And sometimes it just takes plain obedience. Come on now. Wait, do I feel like it? It's like if the Lord says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary, then come in and do it. That's that's what I say. Just... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> because there's po- something powerful that happens. Yes. I mean, it, and to think, I think the people skip worship. Yeah. 
They're like, you wouldn't skip an important appointment if you had your boss at work say, I want you to meet me at 11 o'clock sharp. We have this, an appointment. You'd be there, yep. wouldn't you? So if we're meeting the Lord for worship at 1015. Guess what? Be there. Guess what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because there's something powerful that happens. When we gather together in one mind and heart and we worship him, we bring his presence. You know, when we're in a stadium filled with people, especially here in America, before the game begins, they play the national anthem. You're asked to rise and stand, honor the singing of the national anthem. Uh, Why do we stand for the national anthem? Why should we do it? We stand for the national anthem and to honor those who actually were on the front lines to protect us to do what we're doing. You know, we can put our hands over our head. We can put our hands on our heart. We can move around and look at the sky. But there's a lot of vets that cannot do that. We honor those people. They're without arms. They're without legs. They're in wheelchairs. Uh, Some of them are just chronic pain and then there's the emotional problems that happens when you come back after battle you know we honor those people we stand up and sing that song for them you know there's really listen there's a there's a growing push hesitation yeah right you hesitate there's a growing push to hold people back from saying i love this country I love this country. I was listening to the uh, Army-Navy game. They interviewed the guy that's in charge of all the Navy. He says, all these guys raised their hand and they pledged themselves to uphold the Constitution and the values that we have in this country. We love United States of America. That's what he said. And, you know, but listen, has there been problems with this country? Kids, yeah, sure, for sure. For sure. You know, we've had injustice, slavery. Abuse, domination by those who are in power. You know, but what country, name me one country in this planet that can claim purity. And, you know, the model of justice and freedom is the United States of America. It is. Well, and you think, what country can you name that has, is without sin? I can think of the largest nations in the world let's take russia for instance you just think about their history yep are they proud of their history stalin killing 25 million people sending them to the gulag to prisons to to force labor camps murdered starved is that something they can be proud of i i think what i would do i wish that i was born there grown up there or, or i think about how about india another large nation is their history any more pure and noble than the United States. <laughs> With a caste system. Yeah. Still in effect, slums, slave labor, extreme poverty, and the extreme rich, the disparity. Yeah. We support a missionary, yep. a couple, a global impact, that minister in India and in Pakistan. And one of their ministries recently, they, were, they had pictures of it, of how they were helping families get out of these um, people that get indebted. Yeah. They work in a brick kiln. They make these bricks all day long for pennies. And they come to this brick kiln, to, they borrow money, and the, the thing is set up so that 
you can never really pay it back. Right. It just compounds the money that you owe them. And so the whole family becomes indebted and it turns into child slave labor because the children cannot go to school. They all live at the brick kiln in just impoverished areas. Yeah. And I think, do I wish that I would have grown up there? Am I, Come on has now. it been a blessing that I grew up here in America? Has it been a perfect place? No. Gosh. What about China? But, Come on now. But, China is currently in the news because of the human rights violations. You know, they, they put the Muslims and Christians in these camps. Yeah, the Uyghurs. We probably all yeah. heard about them in the news. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they, they want to uh, re-educate them. Do you know what that means? They're in prison and they're turning into slaves. Would we want to grow up there? Yeah, they want to brainwash them so that they think that communism is their God. The state is their God. And then Christians, there's only state-permitted churches. That's it. These guys who are really preaching the gospel, they're bulldozing their house down and throwing them in prison. They rewrote the Bible. Listen, in China, they rewrote the Bible. Do you know when the woman was caught in adultery? Brought him before, the Pharisees are all there, list stoner, you know. And you know what happened? Jesus said what? He who is without sin, throw the first stone. They rewrote that. This is what they wrote. The woman caught in adultery. It says, they rewrote it. Jesus said, I'm a sinner too, and I will stone you to death. They wrote that. That's the Bible that China is now allowing to be produced. Mao Zedong, 45 million people killed. Why? Because they just disagreed with the guy in power. Would you want to grow up there? I don't know. I can see the hand of God clearly working in this country. You know? <laughs> if God had to wait for perfect people, none of us would be doing anything. That's right, yeah. <laughs> he would get nothing done in the earth. <laughs> Listen, as long as there's humans in charge, there's, I don't care what color, I don't care what race, I don't care what tribe you're from, there's going to be the liability of doing evil. Yes. The lust for power will change somebody. They're going to turn it into domination and evil works out of a man's heart. Uh, Jeremiah says a man's heart is evil. They don't even know it. You know, we... We see this across every nation, don't we? We see trouble there. Uh, would you like to live there? No. Because here's the thing. Unchecked sin in the heart is a universal problem. Right. It's a problem for every country. Yes, it is. And this is the fall of who? The result of the working of who? Yeah. Satan. Satan. Yes. Ephesians Chapter 2, this is the mm -hmm. New Testament, calls him the prince of the power of the air, who still works. He's still at work uh, in the sons of disobedience. And yep, he's at work in anybody who's willing and through ignorance or just disobedience will allow him to work, do his work through them in the earth. And demonic spirits influencing people's hearts. Yes. I mean, the devil was the first one to dishonor God. I will exalt my throne above yep. his throne. Come on. Think about that. His goal now, he hates God. He hates everything that God has created and that 
goodness stands for he hates it. That's and he's working to destroy it. The family. The yeah. family and everything that the, yeah. the family was meant to be. So his goal, he's called a deceiver. So his goal is to deceive the whole world. And he's have to say he's doing a pretty good job of it. Yes, he is. <laughs> Believing, to how, deceive what? That God's standards, God's morals, God's values are more too confining. They're yep. not needed. We need to just discard them, get rid of them. Create your own truth. Then you'll find freedom. Oh, but it's all a lie. Hey, take a look at the world. What kind of freedom are we seeing unfold in the earth? As, as the Ten Commandments and the things of God have just gotten thrown out, prayer in school. All this freedom, where is it taking our country? Yeah. Where is it taking the world? Are we finding more? Or do you see more freedom? No. I do not see more freedom. I mean, I looked up the murder rate has increased 30% in one year from 2020 to 2021. They said that was the largest annual increase on record. I mean, we are in a real spiritual war. Come on, guys. We need to have our eyes opened up to see what the devil's doing, what God wants to do, and what he wants to do through his people. Right. We are, the, the devil is just infiltrating the thoughts and minds of people, and he knows he knows that when we unify around obedience to the truth, power. Where the, that's where the power lies. So he knows that in the presence of God and the power of God, the people of God will be strengthened. Come on. Right? Yes. So a major part of his scheme is to create divisiveness, mm -hmm. right. create division between people, hatred between people, unforgiveness, animosity. It's like that old... Oh. Saying, you know, united, we stand. Divided, we fall, right? Come on now. And so his scheme is to divide and conquer. He's doing that very, very well out yeah. in the world. Yes. Creating chaos and confusion, lawlessness, all with this promise of you're going to find yourself. You're going to find more freedom huh. when you throw all that away. <laughs> This country has not only led the world in modeling the fight for freedom, true freedom and justice, uh, you know, the hope for a better day, even today, a better tomorrow, but it has been the greatest gospel sending people out, missionaries sent out by the United States. This country send, has sent more missionaries all over the world than any other country. God's hand is blessing this. It has... His favor has been on America. Let me rephrase it. Yeah. Has been. Has been. Has. Yeah. yeah. His hand has been on America since it was founded. But God is a holy God, and he will bring judgment. And, uh, but, you know, listen. Uh, our coins are printed with what? In God we trust. Do you know where that started? started in the Civil War by the Union. 1864, it was on a two-cent piece. In God we trust. You know why? Because they wanted to make sure that people knew that the North was connected with God and it encouraged the troops. The law passed in 1955. Dwight D. Eisenhower requires all U.S. currency to say, in God we trust. The 84th Congress declaring in God we trust is the national motto 
That's 1956, folks. And then the Ten Commandments were hung in public places all over the place. Yeah, courtrooms. Yeah. We were once a Christian nation. One nation under God. The history shows that America has produced the brightest people, the smartest, the most innovative, you know, the best in space, the military, technology, medicine, the government, God's hand of favor, and his wisdom was called upon by godly men and women in leadership who yielded to him. They prayed and sought the will of God and were led by the Spirit of God. Christian men and women. But what's happened? What has happened? 1956. What's happened? What's happened is we've taken God out of things. We've eliminated prayer in school. Yeah. We've took take down the Ten Commandments. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah, come on. We forgot. <laughs> We've forgotten the spiritual power that we have through Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's prideful, really, is what happened. We've, we've, God is looking for true worshipers. We started out saying that. that and our country has lost its way. Our, Amen. And not just our country, our, our neighborhoods, our homes, so many of our homes struggling, really under the weight of sin, trying to figure it out without God, without right. looking to him in earnestness, bowing our knee and saying, Come on. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Like, I'm coming to your word. I'm going to submit to your word yes. as foreign as it might seem. I'm going to learn to lift my hands and worship Come to on. you. That's good. Because you created me. Do we believe these things? Yes. We have to ask ourselves. Do, if we do believe them, then are we following through with true worship? What keeps you from, open, from freely worshiping God before the Lord, before mm-hmm. others in your home? What keeps you from doing it? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, Father, forgive us. Yes. Forgive our timidity. Forgive our pride. You know, forgive us our fear to express our worship of you openly, freely. Help us, Father, because it's time. I know you're saying it's time for the church to rise up, to awake. Yes. We need to awaken. As we see these things happening in the world, the church cannot be silent. We are called to be salt and light. Yes. And much of this begins in our home. Because if it's real in our home, there's something about it that sticks. That's right. And worship is spiritual warfare. We're going to talk some more about that next week. The power of worship. Because the devil hates the sound of our love for God. He hates it. You can't miss next week. Yeah. You know, but you and I make up the church. So what's wrong with the church? The church isn't this building. The church isn't this oh, thing way out here. We say the church and then we think of America and that's it. You are the church. Yes. You we, are the church. We make I up, am the yes. church. But like Pastor Mamie said, we're in the midst of a great spiritual war. And the devil's after your heart. The devil's after your kid's heart. And society and culture is feeding them garbage. Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation. But he said, be a good cheer because I've overcome the world. You understand? 
But that still, that still causes us, it still has a need for us to act upon that. Yes. Our actions have to line up with that truth. I, th I think of Ephesians 5. That's it, yeah. Where this is the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus. This was applicable 2,000 years ago. Here we are. Same it's the thing. same. It's an eternal word. And he says in Ephesians 5, verse 14, therefore he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. Make the most of the time. Yes. Because the days are evil. Are you making the most of the time? Ask yourself, am I making the most of the time because the days are evil? What am I doing in my home to worship God, to bring his presence, to share it with my children, my family, share him? Verse 17 says, therefore, do not be vague or thoughtless and foolish. Come on. But firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. This is what we're talking to you today about. Are you grasping the will of the Lord for the time and the day we live in? And is it turning into actions then inside of your home, with your children, with your spouse? What do you think the effect Don't, would be if you started to pray with your children, but you knelt down? Yeah. Let's kneel down. Let's pray. You know, we have all, most of us have manger scenes in our home to worship, yeah. to, to explain. You could kneel before and sing a song together. Worship is a spiritual weapon that God has given us. Don't be silent in your home. I'll tell you what, if you turn on worship music and play it all day, the atmosphere of your house would change. Instead of you having your mind on you, right. then piling on garbage because the devil will remind you of, of all the trash. He'll remind you of your circumstances. But I'll tell you, you turn that worship music on, you raise your hands and you sing in front of your kids. Because what are you doing? You want it to be real for them. They're going to face stuff that you and I had never seen. Well, look at what it is now. What's going to happen 10 years from now? You, you better be praying for your kids. You better give them a reason that you kneel. You get reason that you bow down. When I think of the scripture, we're going to take communion so we can just begin to get that ready. But the scriptures do say to train up your child in the way they should go. Training is a form of discipline. Yes, right. We have to do things intentionally with our children. We train them even if they feel like I don't want to, but when we train them with the right heart and attitude, they get it. Yep. They learn. It starts to sink deeper in their heart. And so we're going to take communion this morning. If, if, if you know that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're certainly welcome to partake with us. If you're not sure... We can help you with that after service. Yeah prayer team is right over there they'll be able to lead you in a prayer and there'll be a miracle happening in your life but as it comes by as the elements come by and if you're still not sure you could just let those elements pass by you yep and just, just listen as we partake of communion <laughs>
God is looking, He's looking for true worshipers. True worshipers. Worship in spirit and truth. Don't hold back. There's no reason to hold back. You might think you're shy, but it's actually false humility. It's pride. You saw in the scriptures that it is right to kneel down and worship God. It is right to lift your hands and clap your hands and give a shout out to God. It's right. What's not right is coming in late for worship. What do you think that's a, I think that's an affront to Jesus himself. You're telling him something by doing that. If you stand here and nothing happens, you don't raise your hand, you're telling him something. And he's inviting you into the feast of life. John chapter 17, you have it, man. Go ahead and read it. Everybody have their elements. We know what these elements represent. The wafer just simply represents the body of Christ that was broken for us, crucified for us on the cross. Worship you, Jesus. So that we could know him, so that our sins could be forgiven, our bodies could be healed. It says that he was broken so that we could find healing spiritually, emotionally, physically. Yes. And so when we partake of this, we put ourselves in remembrance of what he did for us. We thank you, Jesus. And I I want to read from John 17. This is Jesus talking. He said, I don't ask that you, he's talking to his father and he's saying, I don't ask that you will take them out of the world, but that you'll keep and protect them from the evil one. He's talking about us. They are not of this world, just as I'm not of this world. Worship. He said, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. And so as we take this wafer and we break it, we believe the truth that your body, Jesus, was broken for us, that ours might be healed. And we honor you for that as a member of your body. Hallelujah. Just partake. Jesus, you also said, just as you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. So the Lord is sending us into a dark place, into the world. That's right. And we remember that the power of this blood has forgiven us of our sin and given us worth and value in a place with Jesus forever in heaven, eternal life. Worship you, Lord. And so when we drink this cup, we gain strength of spirit. We know that he sends us out into the world. Father God, I pray you help us to become true worshipers of you in our churches, in our homes, and in the world. We thank you for what you've done for us. Drink. Worship you, Lord. There's a uh, little spot in front of you, in the chair in front of you. You can put that cup right in there. Let's just sing. Can we just sing one? What you're playing, just a, one verse of this song as we end the service. Yeah. Let's everybody stand. We're going to worship. I encourage you to worship God as we close the service. Yes.
Will come dwell within you, and you'll be a changed being. 